Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, delighted that you were there. Delighted to have the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me. Little baseball on the menu this morning. Plenty of football conversation. Don't forget, you can watch us live in the ESPN app. Just open the app, hit the watch tab on the bottom. You can watch us anytime you want. NFL power rankings have just been released. This came across about an hour ago. So our power rankings at ESPN have come out. Our panel of experts who vote on this consider the Buffalo Bills to be the best team in the NFL, the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles to be second, the Kansas City Chiefs third, and the New York football Giants fourth. It is so complicated. I've made this remark on uh, TV a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks. I I feel like Giant fans are in their own little level of confusion. You know, I, I live here in New York City, so I, 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 we live right in Manhattan now. Since we became empty nesters, we moved into the city. So I, I walk the streets all the time like everybody else does. You know, and people know the face, and so they yell, oh, I got giant fans. Like, the Jet fans are out of their minds, all right? So we got, we got three co- different groups of people who will yell at me in the street. And nicely, I mean. Um, New York is obviously a place where so many people are visiting from somewhere else. So I'll hear, you know, how about them Cowboys? Or I'll hear, you know, something or other about different teams. That's maybe 10% of it. I probably get about 50% Jet fans because they, you know, they associate with me and they're out of their mind delighted. Yesterday was a tough day, obviously, with the injuries. But generally speaking, this season has been such a pleasant surprise And I think all Jet fans, including myself, feel great. And then I got Giant fans. And what I'm hearing from them is confusion. Like, I feel like they don't know what to think. Like, the Jet fans are yelling, we're good. The Giant fans are yelling, we're good? Like, this is such a surprise. Because with the Jets, all the pieces at least sort of seem to have been put in place and are falling in place. And maybe it's just happening faster than we expected it to and in slightly more spectacular fashion, particularly on the defensive side. With the Giants, most of what is working is stuff that they they were ready to give up on. I mean, the Giant fans had basically said, oh, we're moving on from Saquon, we're moving on from Jones, we're going to stink for a season, and then we're going to get on with our lives. And the opposite is happening. And they don't really know how to handle it. So I find that fascinating. So for them to be four, look, it's hard to argue with them at four because, I mean, they have only one loss. The Vikings are five. The Cowboys are six. So three of the six best teams in the NFL are all in one division. The Eagles at two, the Giants at four, and the Cowboys at six. The NFC East has gone from laughingstock to the best division in the National Football League. Rounding out the top ten, Baltimore seven, the Jets eight, Cincinnati 9 and Miami at number 10. Those are the new NFL power rankings. Meanwhile, the story from last night is all about the quarterbacks on both sides. The New England side, they got to figure out what they've got because Mac was whack and Zappy was crappy. Uh, don't let the numbers fool you. Bailey's, I know they scored touchdowns on Zappy's first two drives, but that was just a fluke. He threw an absolutely terrible pass to the openest receiver you will see all week long. Like Jacoby, like Mike Evans who dropped that ball for Tampa this week, is saying, wow, I can't believe how open Jacoby Myers was. (laughs) That's how open he was. And Troy Aikman did a very good job of explaining it on the telecast that the Bears on defense on that play had 10 guys playing man and one guy playing zone. (laughs) And that guy was supposed to be covering Jacoby Myers. And as a result, Myers catches a touchdown. It was a terrible throw. Terrible. 
And then the throw that he makes to Devontae Parker was just a jump ball, and Parker makes a great play. Outside of that, Zappi was awful, and they did nothing in the second half. And the Bears' defense is good, but, you know, I, I don't see Mike Singletary out there. So, you know, holding them to nothing last night is not what was expected. So the New England piece of this, and, and we do have the fun. Let's hear it just for fun. I love hearing Bill Belichick. But this is Belichick being asked this morning. They got a short week. Obviously, they play the Jets Sunday. You got a short week. How about your quarterback situation, Bill? As you move forward, if, if he's healthy, Bill, is he? Is it fair to say if he's healthy, he's the starter? Uh, again, th- that's a hypothetical question. So let's let's see, you know, where that is and what that is. <laughs> that's such a great answer. First of all, it isn't a hypothetical question. I understand by the very strictest definition of the term, I suppose you're presenting a hypothetical, but you're not it's not like saying, "Listen, Bill, if during the game a UFO lands on the field, you know what I'm saying? You're not setting up a scenario that is very difficult to picture. You're asking the question, "Is this guy your starter?" Right when Dak Prescott was out, and when he's healthy, is he your starter? Yes. When this guy, that guy, Aaron, whoever it is, is Mac Jones your starting quarterback if he's healthy? Well, that's a hypothetical. I don't want to talk about that, and that's fine. As our beloved friend Ray said in a text to me, if right after a game you ask Bill Belichick what his own name is, what his kids' names are, and what his dog's name is, he will say, "Look, the game just ended. All right, I'm wrong. Just we just ended the game. So I don't, I don't have time." answer that so one way or another he's not going to answer it so that's the actually coming out of last night that's the less interesting story we open the show with this Justin Fields has been done wrong and last night was the perfect illustration of it Justin Fields was drafted into the worst situation you could possibly be drafted into which is to say that the people who made the decision to draft him and the people who were coaching him both knew that if things didn't go extremely well, immediately they were getting fired. And generally speaking, in any business in which you have to have any forethought, so I suppose there are some businesses where today is all that matters. I can't think of one immediately. But any business in which today is the only thing that matters, then those guys are fine. All right, You're playing for your job. You're fighting for your job. Whatever it is, you're coaching for your job. But when you're the general manager of a football team, you're the head coach of a football team, you have to have one eye on the future, especially if you aren't a Super Bowl caliber team. And the Bears did not. So their priority last year was not trying to put Justin Fields in the best long-term situation to succeed. And the result was predictable. Last year felt like a step backward for Fields, not forward. Did he progress one inch? Was he one inch? Iota more ready this year to be a starting quarterback in the NFL than he was the year before. I would answer he was less ready because his head had to be spinning. The questions, you have to be the most confident person in the world not to have questioned yourself at least a little through all of the nonsense. And he had a coach who had no interest in putting him in a position to do the things he does well. And then early this year, they're running an offense that essentially could be described as one out of the 1930s. Right. I mean, you can't throw the ball less. And the only message that you could possibly receive from that if you were him and you're anyone is they're afraid that their quarterback can't play, that they can't win if the quarterback is allowed to throw the ball. 
And then as Dan Graziano reported, after their Thursday night game a week and a half ago, they had the little mini buy and they had a meeting and they got together. Why this had to involve a meeting now, I have no idea. But they said, hey, throw it around the room. What do you got over there? Herbie, I don't know. What do you got? What do you think? I don't know. What do you got? How about this? How about we let him run? Oh, genius. Whoever would have thought of that? Quarterbacks in the NFL are running now? I hadn't heard. So they called 12 design runs for him last night. They had called 13 design run for him, runs for him in the first six games of the season combined. And last night he ran all over the Patriots and his confidence grew. And as a result, he's throwing some balls out there, ripping some passes in there with more confidence. You could watch it happening. Justin Fields has a skill set. Every player who was drafted in the first round of the NFL is by definition only a bust if the team busts. It's the team's fault if that guy doesn't work. Because if you were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, you have talent. You have skills. You have at least something you do well. Otherwise, you would never have been picked there. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players in college football dying to be in that position. You picked a guy because he's good at something. And if you don't let him do that something, then that's on you, not on him. And we're learning it from Daniel Jones. And we're learning it from Josh Allen. And we're learning it now, maybe, from Justin Fields. I can't tell you Justin Fields is going to be great, but I can tell you that last night felt like the beginning of something. Maybe something a little more than just winning one game. Here's what I'm hoping, if I'm a fan of the Chicago Bears, that last night can be that, that light switch moment for my team, my quarterback, and my offense. Not dissimilar from the moment that my favorite team, the Eagles, had last year about halfway through the season. You might recall, Greeny, one year ago, almost exactly, the Eagles are 2-5. and five. Everyone hates the coach. He's making these ridiculous garden analogies. He was in the laughingstock of the league. And then they said, let's use Jalen Hurts' legs and run him. And since then, the Eagles have won 13 of 16 regular season games. They lead their conference in scoring, and they've rushed for 2,800 yards and 30 touchdowns. Justin Fields is a world-class athlete who, up until last night, was being underutilized. I think what they did last night, hopefully, will be a sign of things to come. Look. I don't know what they're going to become. Justin Fields was a hundred times better prospect than Jalen Hurts. Not even close. Jalen Hurts, when he got drafted in the second round, most people, including me, were surprised that he went that high. But they saw a skill set in him, and they've used it. And he's got all the intangibles. Obviously, Hurts has the intangibles coming out of his, out of his ears, right? I mean, he's, 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 he is, everyone raves, about, I don't know him personally, but everyone raves about the leadership, about the toughness, about all that stuff. But they do the same thing with Fields. So maybe last night becomes the beginning of something. This is Greeny. We're live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Coming up, I will tell you my favorite move of the NFL day yesterday and what it really meant. Plus, we got to figure out the 2021 draft again, because suddenly it kind of looks all out of whack. We'll get to that as we continue in a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. No, you know, there are so many podcasts out right now. It takes a team of people to put them together. Whether you're hiring for a podcast or for your growing business, one place makes that easy, and that's ZipRecruiter. Now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. A lot of good stuff today. We've been talking about Justin Fields and how the Bears may finally be getting it right. We've been talking about Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and whether the Patriots are getting it wrong and any number of other things. And I'm going to go back to the draft in which both Jones and Fields were taken. Uh, and it will always have a special place in my heart, that draft, because it was the first one that I had the privilege of hosting for ESPN. So I've never worked harder. I've never known more about anything than I knew about those players going into that draft class. And um, I, I think that a lot of interesting stories can be told a year and a half removed from those decisions. Having said that, a couple of other things I did want to touch on before we get to that. For those who don't know what we're referring to, Hembo just sent me a very funny tweet. We did a rant of the day earlier For those who don't know, when the Yankees were down three games to none in their American League Championship Series against Houston, the rallying cry, I suppose, could be, it's happened before. Teams have come from, or let me, no, no, that was a misspeak. Team has come from three nothing down to win a series. And spreading that word around your team, around your clubhouse, around your locker room, around everybody else who might be close by, I understand why you want to put that positive image in your head. The problem is that the team that lost, the the only team ever to lose from 3 nothing ahead was the Yankees. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. This, of course, was in 2004 against the Red Sox. And so what the Yankees did was they had like their video people put together a, a I'm not making this up, a highlight reel of people wearing their own uniforms, suffering the most humiliating defeat maybe in the history of American team sports, and they tried to use that as motivation. And they've been summarily mocked and criticized for that and for a lot, I think, of understandable reasons. Look, let's try and be fair. I get what they were trying to do. 
it just looks ridiculous. And the fact that they go on to get swept in exactly the same fashion in which they had lost the first three games just means it didn't do anything. And so you just wind up with egg on you. You look like a boob. Basically, they look like a bunch of boobs. So Hembo sent me a a fairly entertaining little tweet here. (laughs) Nuno, let me know what you think of this. Showing the 04 Red Sox is sort of like showing a video of your first wedding the night before your second wedding and having your ex-wife give a speech at the rehearsal dinner. <laughs> you know, that's pretty good if you really think about it because that is, it's, there are certain times in which you don't need to be reminded of things that have happened before. I've only been married once, but, and, but, but, but it does seem to me, I've been to many people's second weddings, and it does seem to me like the ex is never invited. And if they are, they're kept very quiet in a corner someplace. You know, like you're not this is not something we're looking to build upon. This is not something we're, we're looking to bring a lot of attention. And to. in this case, the ex was very involved because uh, there was reporting that Eduardo Perez FaceTimed David Ortiz into Aaron Boone's office free game. So they got all of this wrong. Yeah, they, so, Nuno, what, I just, you had a little bit of a rant earlier. I'm going to give you one final word on it. What did you think of that whole thing? <laughs> it's, it's a clown show, bro. I think I'll go that. It's just a complete and utter clown show that you would, that someone would think that this is the way to go to get these guys motivated. Like, it's just, I don't know what they're doing. And then for, I just can't. I, I can't anymore. I'm just looking forward to the good stuff that that's happening in my life. The Giants seem to have a quarterback. The Knicks have a point guard. Things are going well. So Nuno's feeling a little happier now. He has turned the page and put the Yankees behind him. Meanwhile, I'm going to go backwards in time, actually. I want to go back to April of 2021 which was a, you know, still sort of a tumultuous time. We were still just sort of working our way out of the pandemic and everything else. And I went to Cleveland for what remains my favorite assignment. I love the NFL draft. I love hosting it for ESPN. That was my first chance to do it. It is such a thrilling event to be in the middle of. And that was a terrific draft in so many ways because there were five quarterbacks we knew were going to go in the first round. And as it turned out, they all went in the first half of the first round. And the order in which they were selected was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. That's the order in which they were picked. And at the end of last season, if I had said, let's do that draft again right now, absent anything, I'm not giving you a particular team, I'm not giving you a particular coach, I'm giving you our team X, and you can draft, you can have any one of those quarterbacks to start a franchise with. The general consensus that I received was that Trevor Lawrence would still go first, but that some people would have seriously considered taking Mac Jones second. He went fifth, and maybe he would have gone second. Right now, Bubba, I'm, and, and, and for those who don't know, Bubba, long before this, um, this extraordinary run that he's had, a Hall of Fame run that he has had in radio production, Bubba actually was a front office person uh, for multiple NFL teams. And one year, I, th- I think, finished second in the executive of the year voting. Do I have that right? Never actually won it, although you probably should have. Um, but yeah. you, you received well, serious consideration. All politics. You yeah. Know. yeah <laughs> there was a lot of that. It's ridiculous. So right now, I'm asking you, you're, you're going to put it get your draft board. Okay, those five quarterbacks are on it. In what order, everyone will put in their board, it's going to go in this order. In what order would you put them right now? I'm going to go Lawrence, Fields, Jones, Wilson, Lance. Lance. Okay, so Lance, and we never got a chance to see him. I mean, so that's, 
Lawrence Fields, based on one performance last night and whatever else we think the, the potential says, Mac Jones, who might be on the verge of getting benched in New England, Zach Wilson, who all he's done is win every game he's played this year for the Jets, although even I will acknowledge it has not, <laughs> he, has not, he has not necessarily been the driving force behind those victories. And then Trey Lance, poor Trey Lance, from whom we've never had a chance to see basically anything, would be last. Hembo, do you quarrel with any of that? No, I got Trevor. I have Mac Jones second, Justin Fields third, then Mac Zach, Jones second. Then Trey. Mac Jones second. Mac Jones is... You're starting a team and you would, put, you would take Mac Jones second out of all those guys. Mac Jones is one year removed from leading the Patriots to the playoffs as a rookie with the number six offense in the NFL. How soon we forget. No, but, but how also soon we forget that his, the book on him was he was going to be the most NFL ready, so mm-hmm. perhaps it's not a surprise that he came in and looked good immediately. Plus, he's got Bill Belichick as a coach. And the, the, the primary reason why I'm at least questioning your selection is that while the floor was extremely high, the ceiling might have been a little bit more limited. And when you watch some of the obvious talent of Justin Fields and even of Zach Wilson, I mean, Zach Wilson freaking spins it. I know there's a lot more to being a good NFL quarterback than that, but take it from one who has watched every pass he has ever thrown. He spins it, and he's also very athletic back there. Now, the problem is he's so damn small that I can't have him running around back there because he's going to get broken in half. So I, he needs to stop already with the spin moves and everything. He needs to learn to throw the ball out of bounds much more quickly and give up on plays. But that is what really talented guys have to have coached into them. I mean, that's, that's part of the game here. And who is it? Was it uh, Troy Aikman? Did he say it about Fields? I think it was Fields he said it about last night. There was one play where Fields got hit hard on this. Oh, yeah, it was Fields, and he fumbled the ball out of bounds. This was like in the second quarter last night. And he had multiple opportunities to throw the ball away. And Troy Aikman said, he's got to learn to do that, A, so you don't lose yardage, and B, so you don't take those hits. Those are unnecessary hits for a quarterback to be taking. And the problem is when you've always been the most talented, and anyone who was drafted in the first round of the NFL has been the most talented person on every field they've ever set foot on up until they got to the NFL, they believe that they still have magic left in them on every play. Carson Wentz never got past that. Carson Wentz has extraordinary talent, but he never was able to get out of his system the fact that I can, no matter what else is happening, I can still turn this into a touchdown. I'm going to turn this play into a touchdown. And frequently, the most, the most beneficial thing you can do for your team is to throw the freaking ball out of bounds and line up and start another play. And if it means punting, punt. And that maybe your mentality changes if you're down a score in the, late in the fourth quarter. But certainly in the second quarter of these games, throw the ball away. And young quarterbacks need to learn that, and Justin Fields and Jack Wilson and all the rest of that. But you're still taking – right now you believe Jones will have the second-best career, absent circumstances and everything else, of all those guys? Yes, I'm going to base that on his body of work. I'm going to do so. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Nuno, how about you? I'm going Lance, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I'm going Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and obviously an incomplete on Trey Lance. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Everyone still goes Lawrence. Right, so we've seen enough from him under Doug Peterson that you are impressed. Your soul, how would what what word would you use to describe what you think of him? He's incredibly talented, and like I think of any of these guys, we can throw out the 2021 tape on Trevor Lawrence. His coach had no earthly idea what he was doing. He's been pretty good this year, and you can see him make two or three throws a game that very few people in the world can make. That's fair. 
We'll see. Um, I, I, I am hopeful that by the end of this season, Zach Wilson, who probably has the highest – well, no, he played last year too. Um, Zach, <laughs> I was going to say winning percentage. He certainly has the highest winning percentage this year of any of the quarterbacks. I'm hoping that he will climb on that list. Coming up, I have an issue that needs to be resolved, plus why the most popular team in American sports is in even bigger trouble than you think they are. That's next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greeny with you here as we roll along um, and we continue to think of different analogies um, for what it was like, Nuno, to have a video of the worst moment in your franchise's history be used as a motivational tactic uh, in a moment of other kinds of um, adversity. Like I just I don't I'm trying to think of a better comparison. The one that, that was in the tweet about having your at your wedding, at your second wedding, having uh, showing a video of the first one, that seems about right to me. I, I can't think of a better criticism of it than that. Someone tweeted us uh, and said, add in the best man starting his rehearsal dinner with, I'm glad to see, uh, see you here all again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's do this again. Yeah, like, like, you know, look, I, uh, and, and, and second marriages are obviously extremely commonplace now, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Lots of marriages end in divorce, so there's nothing in and of itself wrong. And a lot of people, they separate amicably and all that kind of thing. But, you know, a wedding is supposed to be about these two people. And any reminder that one of those two people used to be part of two other people mm-hmm. is probably not a good moment to share that memory. I'll tell you what. Yankees fans can accept losing. They can. But they cannot accept being humiliated. And to lose four games in a row at the hands of the Houston Astros, with them playing literally a non-competitive series, so much so that you could get into the stadium for $20 in Game 4, and the fact that we're finding out that their motivational strategy was what it was, I mean, it's humiliating. I almost pity Aaron Boone and his staff. Like I almost feel, like desperate times obviously call for desperate measures, but when you're listening to Yankees fans call the radio right now, like it's freaking Armageddon. What'd you say, Nuno? 
No, he doesn't. Almost pity. You don't have pity in your heart. Come on. Like, stop. Is pity an emotion of which you are capable? I mean, right now, because my teams are doing so well, like, I honestly, like, looked at Aaron Boone in game four. Like, I felt bad for the guy. Like, I could just feel, I could just feel like he had, he had no control over the situation. He's just going through the motion, doing whatever he possibly can, using all the shortstops he have on his roster, FaceTiming David Ortiz, making a highlight. All the Oswalds. All the Oswalds. All the Oswalds. Where's Waldo? He's playing shortstop for the Yankees. That, that, that is actually, you bring up an interesting point. I'm going to pause here 15 seconds and the rest of the country is going to join us. And we're going to continue this theme, which is, are you a person as a sports fan who tends to feel sorry for the people who are in the middle of this? I mean, they are leading dream lives in so many different ways. They're doing that which all the rest of us can only fantasize. But when it starts going as sideways as it did on him or maybe on Mac Jones in a moment last night, I am one who tends to feel bad for them. Let me pause 15 seconds. We'll come back and we'll pose that question and more next. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. So an interesting little conversation that we just started here that I want to get into because it speaks to your fandom and, and how you are as a person. So... It is almost impossible in a vacuum to say you feel sorry for someone. Let's just consider who is the, the normal sports fan. Overwhelmingly, the people who are watching these games, who are attending these games, and who are passionately living and dying with these games are not millionaires, they're not famous, and they're not leading professional lives that almost anyone would kill for, right? That, that's, that is a rarity. There are very, very few people who live the way that the people we watch on TV playing these games every single night live. And so I can certainly understand anyone who says, man, I don't feel sorry for that guy. I don't feel sorry for him or her or whomever. They're leading a great life and whatever else. But Hembo just said in the midst of a conversation and, and, and go through the litany of things that were happening that you find yourself feeling sorry for Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees are trailing three to nothing in a series against the Astros that it's obvious they're not going to win. You can get into the stadium for 20 bucks. That's how not confident their fans were. He FaceTimed David Ortiz to talk to, talk to him about inspiration for that 04 team. They played a video of the Red Sox coming back 3 nothing in 04 to beat the Yankees. He used three different shortstops in that series, one of whom was named Oswald, the other was named Oswaldo. And so it's clear that this guy was just grasping for straws. And in that moment, I was watching him like go make a mound visit. It was when Nestor Cortez got hurt, right? Nestor Cortez pulled his groin. And I watched Aaron Boone go out there, and I just felt bad for the guy. Like, he had no answers to the test. Uh, so I'll give you one I felt last night. Uh, did you, uh, Nuno, Bubba, did you guys watch the Monday night game last night? You watched Bears-Patriots last night? Uh-huh. So there's a moment. Mac Jones is sitting there. The fans are chanting Bailey Zappi's name basically from before kickoff. And they go three and out. They go three and out. And the chanting is so loud. It's, it's I mean, coming through the television. I'm sitting on a couch in New York City. And from Foxborough, I feel like I can hear the Bailey Zappi chants. If I muted the TV, I feel like I could hear it. And then Mac Jones does the most, the most uncharacteristic thing that you would ever see him do. He threw a worse pick. He threw a pick that I could not believe. The pass, now, Jaquan Brisker makes an incredible catch, but he threw that ball into a team meeting. There were four white shirts around that ball. It was a terrible decision. It was exactly what you always figure Mac Jones is not going to do. And his head just went down. Did you see it? 
Have you seen the highlight? If not, his head just went down. Like, what did I just do? And then he's standing on the sideline, and the crowd is chanting Bailey Zappi's name. And Zappi runs out there, and the fans go nuts. It's like they just won the Super Bowl. It's literally like Tom Brady just was reborn as a Patriot and is running back out onto that field. And our Monday Night Football crew, which is doing what they should do, kept cutting to Mac Jones's face. And Zappi immediately throws a touchdown. And the place is going crazy. And they kept cutting to that to Mac Jones's face. And I will admit, now Mac Jones is a person who's living an unbelievable life. He's an NFL quarterback. He makes a lot of money, all that stuff. I felt bad for him. I felt incredibly bad for him watching that moment last night. And that's just how I am. I know, Nudo, I don't feel like sympathy is an emotion of which you are capable did you feel sorry for Mac Jones last night or ever at any point in your life for anyone? <laughs> I do feel sympathy. I do. There are times where for I whom? Feel, What's the last time you felt that? I can't. I don't remember. But like, I, you know, it was a so bad not recently. Season. Yeah, uh, apparently exactly. not for Aaron Boone. <laughs> well, definitely not for Aaron Boone. But like not for none of those guys. Like, you know, I, I felt it for myself when John Starks was two for 18 in the game seven. Like <laughs> again know, with the Starks. I, I mean, I can't let go of certain stuff. But it I was just, 1994, yes. just to be clear. OK, it's 28 years ago. And, get, and have they got, you know. They're, they haven't gotten that that opportunity that opportunity. They haven't gotten that close. Yeah, they made the they, they made were the, finals. In the finals. Yeah, but they were never winning that. They <laughs> lost in game five. This is game seven. You know, it, whatever. Like, no, I, I felt it before. Like, I just don't remember. So when. let's just let's just analyze what happened here. I don't know what is that, Bubba. I asked Nuno <laughs> if he is capable of feeling sympathy for others, and what he brought up was an example of something that upset him twenty eight <laughs> years ago. That, I think, tells you everything you need to know about the darkness that lives within the soul of Nuno Teixeira. He is clearly not capable of empathy. How about you, Bubba? Are you a fan who tends to feel sorry for the people who on, on television? Look, what do we love about sports? I tell people this all the time. What I love the most about sports is that when we say it's the ultimate reality television, it really is. Like, there's... These are people living out their dreams right directly before your eyes. And the courage that it takes to do it is to run the risk of always being remembered for your worst moment. Okay? Because if you say the name Bill Buckner, what will 100 out of 100 people remember? I'll tell you what they won't remember. That's that Buckner was a terrific player, an outstanding hitter, and in his day was actually a good fielder. He was just a, a limping old mess that they decided to put on the field wrong-headedly so that he could be out there for the celebration when the Red Sox finally won the World Series. That's not who Bill Buckner was, but it's who he is, and it's who will be for the rest of his life. Who is Scott Norwood? Scott Norwood is the guy who missed the field goal that would have won the Super Bowl for the Buffalo Bills, a franchise that to this point has still never won one. He has to live the rest of his life as that guy. So, you know, and I guess it can happen to you in the stands, too. I mean, you could be Steve Bartman, but those are very few and far between, and you don't sign up for that. But the point of it is I feel bad for those guys. Bubba, how about you? No, I, I definitely do. Yeah, I, I think. Um, Who's the last one? you? What's the last time you remember watching the TV and saying, man, I feel bad for that guy? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, I would think even last night, yeah, the Mac Jones example, when watching that, I would feel, I mean, I think any of them. I, I think you just think of the common example when people are like, 
that people always think, oh, the, the money just cures everything. That doesn't make any sense. It's like these people are humans too. And yes, they're, and I feel the same way about celebrities when they're always like, oh, it doesn't matter. Their, their lives are so great. And, and yes, they have perf- they have great things going on in their lives. But th- when you're a celebrity, their lives are so different. And it's, it's okay to feel bad for celebrities when you can't even live a normal life. And so I, I, I feel bad for these people all the time. And just because you have a lot of money and you're a professional athlete and people always say, oh, I, I would play the game for free. And, well, first of all, you wouldn't. And when they're saying that, they're just thinking of all the positives. They don't even, they're not even considering any of the, the negatives co- to come up with it. So I, 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 would, I, I feel bad for them all the time because there's just so many negatives that come with it that no one even is thinking about when all they talk about is just all the positives, that there are a tremendous amount of positives, but the negatives, they just brush, brush aside. How about that dissertation from one Baba? I liked it. Now, Hambo, this all began because we were pointing out the obvious. You do not have the ability to feel empathy. You, my friend, are from Philadelphia. And your biggest concern right now, heading into the World Series, is that the home field advantage that you have been so proud of, the Phillies, what did you tell me? They have the best, was it the best one-loss record in home postseason games in Major League history? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's in a single stadium. In mm-hmm. a single stadium, in, in Citizens Bank Park. Correct. Which was built in what year? Because I remember the vet. 2003. 2003. So 30 games they played. 30 playoff games. Was there a stadium? Am I forgetting? Was there a stadium between the vet and no. Citizens? No, they went right from the vet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that is what that is. But anyway, the point of it is that you're concerned that the get-in price, well, you go ahead and tell these guys what you're worried about because it is maybe the most obnoxious thing to be worried about that I've ever heard of. We get in the meeting. Let me, let me just tell you what happens here, okay? Bubba and Nuno, oh, you're going to love God. this. So we have our get-up meeting in the morning. Then Hembo and I, we disappear into my office, and we sit there, and we, we put together some plans. And Hembo says to me, I tell you what, Greeny, I'm really worried about something. And I said, what is it? Go ahead and tell him what you're worried about. I am worried, guys, that there are going to be too many rich people <laughs> at Game 3 and Game 4 in Philadelphia for the World Series. And here's why. Vivid Seat sent us this information. The average ticket price for the Phillies in that game is $1,626. Game 4 in that series is trending towards being the hottest World Series ticket in five years. $1,837. This is my concern. That a lot of the people that can afford to go to those games, haven't been here the whole time. They haven't been here the whole time. They're just like these, you know, these white-collar Philadelphia types that now it's the thing to do to go to the Phillies game. So I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't care how much money you make, Philadelphia. If you show up at those games, a game three and a game four, you're going to stand up, you're going to get a pint of light beer, and you're going to cuss out Jose Altuve. <laughs> if you're not willing to do that, give it to someone who will stand up with a butt heavy and a tall boy and freaking give that guy the business because I don't want to lose our home field advantage. I don't want anyone sitting down the whole time, and it could definitely happen with that get-in pro. He's worried about the corporate factor mm-hmm. at the World Series, Nuno. Do you buy it? I mean, I understand, but I assume that there's that a video, right? I'm assuming Philly fans have a video that's already in place to how to be a Philly fan at an, a sporting event, right? Which includes uh, booing Santa Claus, uh, 
booing Michael Irvin when uh, people thought he was dead on the no, turf at Veterans. No, like, no. So I'm assuming you guys you? have that. So you'll be all right. Oh, my goodness. So you're suggesting there's a manual in how to be a Philly sports fan. Okay. <laughs> I did not mean to open up this can of worms. I merely wanted to point out just how incredibly pretentious that is as a concern from Hembo. Like, his big problem right now is the stadium might not be loud enough at the World Series because it's going to be too filled with rich people. That is a problem all the rest of us would love to have. Bubba has waited his whole life to see his team play in the World Series and win a championship and celebrate. Bubba, what year were you born? 84. Okay, and so the Mets last won the World Series in 1986. He was two years old. I have waited my whole life to see the Jets play in a Super Bowl. I was born the year and a half before they played in the only one they did. We all have waited all our lives to see this, and your big concern is that too many rich people, (laughs) and believe me, I know a lot of rich Philadelphians, they can be loud. Trust me. Really? Let's yes. hope the Phillies aren't going to win the World Series here. I mean, let's not get crazy. Okay. You, who, who is going to win the World Series? The Phillies are going to win the World no, Series. Great. That's, the that's your the home series. analytical so long, perspective. So long as enough blue-collar fans show up in the stadium, the Phillies are going to win the World Series. All right, so we, we will have all week long. By the way, they don't play till Friday, yeah. so we have plenty of time to dive more deeply into that one. We'll work our way there. Two more things I wanted to get in. We'll save the, the sort of uh, funny off-the-sports topic stuff. I do want to offer one word of enormous praise to the franchise I root for, which is to say a lot of people, a lot of Jet fans think that I have been very negative and very hard on the Jets, and I don't take back a word of what I said. Every minute of my life, I have said exactly what I think, and I am by nature something of a pessimistic and negative person when it comes to sports in particular. So when I have been critical, it's what I meant in the moment. But I will say this. The Jets did something yesterday I loved I loved, I loved that they traded for a running back yesterday. I loved that they traded for James Robinson, and I will tell you why. Because the message that it sends to every player in that room, I don't care what about anything else, and hopefully he winds up being a really good and productive player as he comes over. He's a, he's a good back. But more important than that is the message that it sends to those players because it has been so future-focused. Joe Douglas, from the moment he got there, his job was tearing it all down, and then we're going to build it back up again. It has all been about the future, the future, the future, the future. And by making that move, he sends that message clear as day to that locker room. The future is now. It has arrived. These are not the same old Jets. So I loved it, and I am on board, and I want to make it as clear as I can. I don't take back a word I have said, because when I said those words, I thought I was right. But an intelligent person knows when to change his mind. And at this point, I am in. In. I am sold in every conceivable way. On Douglas, on Salah, on the whole bunch. And I have no idea what the record is going to wind up being this year, but I'm not jumping off this. They're getting so many things right that they never get right. So I just wanted to say that. I've been trying to get to it all morning long, and I haven't because I have been distracted into a million different directions like Hembo and his Oswaldos, and I got Nuno over there still bringing up John Starks after all these years, (laughs) and Bubba, I don't know what he's doing, but one way or another, I can never make a point on this show, so I'm glad that I finally got a chance to do it. All right, um, and so in closing, I got one minute left here. What do we close with today? Well, I'll say this. You're a dreamer. Let's I'm a dreamer. A little, let's, let's dream a little bit, okay? Okay. Right now, ESPN's Football Power Index says the Jets are going to finish 10-7. and 7. ESPN's Football Power Index says they've got a 65% chance to make the playoffs. Greeny, 
You like those odds? You're taking those odds? Um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually think I do. Um, this weekend will tell us a lot. So there are two games you could always count on the Jets losing. One of them is the game they absolutely should win against the backup quarterback, uh, with everything in the world going against the other team and all the momentum on your side in the world buying into you. That was last week, and they won it. The other one is against Belichick. So if they beat him, if, they, if, if, if we win this game Sunday, then I will be completely sold that this is a year that we're going to make the playoffs. We'll see. All right, have a great day. See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.